It's really hard to do two people because whenever you hum the Doctor Who theme, you immediately go into the ooey ooh and then you forget what. The I just forget drop what, out. what carries on after that, yeah. And there's all different <laughs> arrangements, and I was like, which one should I do? Should I do the current one for the new series? I can't remember how that goes, because it's not very good. It's got... <sighs> <sighs> oh, my God, I hate it. It's disgusting. I, this is, like, my least favourite theme tune, the current one. I hate the breathing so much. It's even worse oh. at the end, in the ending titles. And it ends so abruptly. Oh, I just, it's I, because I the new like theme is, is just so woke. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... Well... I, I don't mind the visuals. I quite like them. Um, but God, I hate the music so much. But I guess it's because Murray Gold has done so many of them. Like the 2008 yeah. one is the best one. But he did 2005, 2008, which isn't very different. Then he did the 2010 one with Matt Smith, then, which was I hate, but people quite like it. I think it's dreadful. And then 2013, which isn't very good. And they did Peter Capaldi's one in 2014. So it's like he's done so many different ones that he has to do different arrangement. Yeah. And he peaked in 2008. That's, that's what I peaked as well. On that note, welcome to uh, our second bonus episode uh, for Doctor Who December. Crazy. You can't see all of our our viewers, but Matt just did a soy face. You know what the meme where he he opens his mouth and points? That's what he did when I said Doctor Who December. I love Doctor Who. I wish it was Doctor Who every month, like in the 60s. Every I week, wish Doctor it Who could be Doctor Who. Doctor Who every, every Saturday. Saturday. Of the year. <laughs> so we've repurposed our first episode. So ignore the fact that we we haven't used our gimmicks there, but that's no. also part of Doctor Who December. Um, but this week we're talking about the Wild Blue Yonder. Mm. <laughs> Not the Wild Blue Yoda, because that was a good Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should have rewatched it really because I watched it and I had very strong opinions on it. And then since thinking back, I'd be like, I actually think mm. I think totally different about that episode than I did when I first watched it. So I probably should have given it a rewatch. But what did you think? That's more. I important. really enjoyed it. Really, wow. really enjoyed it. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Um, in which case, should I say what I thought? So yes. On reflection, I probably would have really enjoyed it if it wasn't a 60th anniversary special. Because so I'll in as a preamble right so they um, in terms of the marketing of this episode they barely mm. did any it was barely in the trailers um, yeah and Rusty Davis like commented on is, do you in the trailers no you don't you see them like in the spaceship at the start a little bit like you see uh, mm. when they land in the TARDIS and then it leaves yeah, like there's the, and that's the pretty robot. much it yeah mm. you see a picture yeah the robot on the poster and the, but that's pretty much it and so it basically led everyone to think like okay so. That's the very first few minutes, and then the rest of it is just totally a secret, and it's totally different. And um, and they would talk like Rusty Davis would talk about how like they intentionally want to keep it secret, and so it really hyped up a lot more than any other episode of the series. And so I went into it thinking like, right, 60th anniversary special. I also saw like a fake rumor from a otherwise quite reliable source, um, saying that the episode. <laughs> your friend. Yeah, yeah. No, but like it was from the same sources talking about stuff from the previous episode. Which was true. Oh, um, that was Alistair down the pub. He was yeah, it was. But um, <laughs> it was... So that said, like, the villains were evil version of Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. And I was like, that's brilliant. I oh. want to see that so much. It's 60th special. So multi-doctor is like a tradition for, like, anniversary specials. And that's a different take on it. 
And I thought, that's great. I'd love to see that episode. And so I was hyped going to it. I was like, this is incredible. I love Peter Capaldi. He's my favourite Doctor. Matt Smith's great. And seeing evil versions, fantastic. When the first, we had like 10 minutes and basically nothing had happened. And another like five minutes, nothing happened. And the villains mm. come in and they're not that. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they still take the form of them at the end from the Doctor's memories. And it was still going. It's like, okay, no, they're still just David Tennant and Catherine Tate in the same sets. And I was like, okay, this is really, really underwhelming for me. Okay. And I get that that is not necessarily the fault of the episode. I think that it was marketed totally wrong. I think if it was like an episode eight of like a 13 episode series or it was somewhere in the middle, it was just a normal hmm. weekly episode. It would have been great. I would have really enjoyed it. I'm it was sort of like... like Monster of the Week, a sort of midnight style, like slightly creepy episode. I could have, I do mm. think it could have been a lot creepier, but I'll go into that. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think if it if it wasn't like one of three big specials with returning cast and like a a big deal thing, then I would liked it a hell of a lot more. But I think for for yeah. a 60th anniversary, you need three blockbusters really. And I think you need to revel in the nostalgia, and then when Shoot to Cat with series starts, we can start fresh and we can do stories like this. But I d- I don't think it came at the right time personally. So you were you were tripped up by expectations and and leaked so. this episode. Yeah, but I think I, I think, but I don't ignoring the leaks. I think the expectations is is I think it's reasonable to expect for an anniversary special to have hmm. big things for the whole history of the show to happen. Like I don't yeah, like no, how that's it's just fair. how it's. I don't like how it's just Dave Tennant and Catherine Tate. Like I, I love that's my favorite era of the show. I love it, but I don't feel like they've really recaptured the magic fully. Even see Wilf again. I love Wilf to death. He's like my favorite character. But I was kind of like, this isn't the same. I even got more out of like Spider-Man No Way Home, even though I care about them that considerably less, which is really <laughs> weird. I think it's weird seeing David Tennant and Catherine Tate again because yeah, they had the whole thing where Donna forgot, but the story's still very neatly concluded, and so it's weird to bring that up again. And it doesn't feel the same. It feels like unnecessary to me for a show which is all about change. I was most surprised that they wrapped up the old Dr. Donna thing at the end of the Meep episode. It would have made sense if that was carried through all three episodes and then was the climax. I do agree, but at the same time, what, so we just see Donna who doesn't doesn't remember him. I'm not sure that would be as interesting. Or or she remembers and then this episode happens, but it's it's still involved in the plot that, that she's still got a bit of Doctor in there or something. So it's still like threading these three together. Well, I mean, so they mention like it briefly. She remembers the um, the terrible Jodie Whittaker episodes about the flux and oh. stuff and the timeless child. Um, oh, God, I wish he just. I wish they just ignored that. I, I guess it's kind <laughs> of... I, I guess it is probably for the long haul, if Frosty Davis can come up with some good, like, ways of retroactively making it good, like how Dave Floney, like, retroactively made the Star Wars prequels good with the Clone Wars. Like, if he yeah. can do that, fair enough. But... I personally would have just never addressed it ever again. You see, as as a uh, arguably a filthy casual who only watches good things. Oh yeah, you, uh, I don't think you've even seen, seen either of those things. I've right. not seen it. Um, so the timeless. I... Th- I'll tell you what they are then. So okay. they mentioned the timeless child and flux. Timeless child is the series twelve finale. It reveals there are loads of doctors before the first doctor. Boring. And Don't it's like it. Boring. The whole episode is just the the master like basically giving a PowerPoint presentation and just explaining all this law. It's like, well, this isn't a story. This is just law. It's like yeah, the second um, fantastic beast film. Less interesting. Boring. Way less interesting. It's, and she's like a chosen yeah. one. Like the Time Lords chose her boring. to do all this stuff. So like, don't care. No. Not interesting at all. Get rid of that. The, the yeah. Doctor's meant to be like the the that worst Time Lord. The, 
most yeah. human time lord the like the weakest because of the empathy and then you just made them so important it's terrible hate that ignore it forget it ever happened or retcon it star wars dip yeah uh, and then flux was i think flux is the most watchable of the jodie whittaker era but it's still like an absolute goddamn mess the last few episodes is that one with Rishendra? atrocious it is yeah she's the main villain yeah yeah, because I spoke to her about that. I was like, I was watching Did Doctor Who the other day, and I, 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 I didn't recognise you when I first watched it. It's, it's you, and she was like, "Yeah, they turned me into a big tit, <laughs> a big blue tit," <laughs> is how she described it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. I'll have to look, look it up. But this is Rashenda, who we worked with on Hijack, um, the Apple TV Plus show. Um, she was one of the lovely cast. So that was quite bizarre. But yeah, uh, Flux basically yeah it ends with I think it was meant to be like the whole universe apart from Earth pretty much, but they changed it to be like half the universe gets destroyed. That it never gets undone, it never gets talked about ever oh. again until this episode. Like Jodie Whittaker had a few episodes after that, and they never address the fact that like every the whole rest of the universe has been destroyed, and then they just mentioned more planets and they just sort of ignored Great. it. Great, okay, it's just the laziest writing you've ever seen. And it was just, mm. I think that era should have really been forgotten. But I do like how they actually, and also like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor didn't sort of give a shit about any of that. Because <laughs> like, that's the way it was written, like didn't really have anything anything to say about the fact the whole universe was destroyed. Um, and so, yeah, it was seeing David Tennant's Doctor really feel like he'd taken a toll from it was... But enough of yeah, uh, the preamble. The general direction of the way they take to the episode. The episode itself... So you start with uh, the TARDIS has broken because Donna dropped a coffee on it and it, yeah. it crash lands into a ship. Um, but there's no one in the ship except a robot, which takes a step an amount of time, a long amount of yeah. time. It takes one step um, and it's down to the doctor and Donna to figure out why the ship is there, um, why the TARDIS leaves, um, because there's a threat, what the threat is. Yeah. Um, and just general Doctor Who shenanigans, really. Well, yeah, I thought it, the setup is very like, oh, we've seen this a thousand times before. Like, they mm. land on a spaceship, there's no one there. Yeah. What's happening? That That's not new to Doctor Who in the slightest. And that's almost why, right from the get go, I was like, well, hang on a minute. For a 60th special, like, why are we doing such a, um archetypal episode? Um, But yeah, it, it, it progresses from there. It reminded me a bit of. The Vashta Narada episode. Yeah, they arrive in a library and it's empty and wonder why. That's um, Girl in the Fireplace was sort of the main one for me. They arrive in a spaceship. There's no one there. Why isn't there anyone there? Mm. They find some weird things like a, a seven, 18th century fireplace. Yeah, I think it, it gives an opportunity for them. The first episode, you're not overly focused on the Donna and Doctor and their relationship. Um, partially because you're introducing a lot of new characters in, in the form of Donna's family, and yeah. Donna doesn't recognise the Doctor, so it's it's a different relationship to the. Yeah, one you don't see the, the Doctor Donna dynamic in that. Yes, but as as we mentioned, the end of the first episode of the 60th anniversary, Donna regains her memories and it's back to normal. So this is an opportunity for the Doctor and Donna to to kind of harken back to that previous tenant era um, which was very nice um, I do think they bounce off each other very well um, they do great chemistry they, I, I feel like Dave Tennant's playing the part differently though like he sounds posher to me he sounds much posher yeah. his voice sounds totally different like as soon as I noticed that, I was like well he literally sounds totally different 
I don't know. He just sounds like he should have well, been he, Scottish. He's talking Mix more up. like yeah. Before he was like yeah, well, and he just made stupid noises the whole time. <laughs> he's like yeah, how's it? He's doing all that, and then this now is, he's this like is coming from someone wise. who has import has impersonated fourteen of the Doctors. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> I, well, I didn't do all of them, but we did the eleven. Shall we go from the very beginning? Actually, Isaac Newton. Yes, yes. Because weird, weird place to start. Yeah, and I'm still not entirely sure why they did that. I think, was it just so we could see one little mini-adventure with them while we're there and for one recurring joke where Gravity gets renamed as Mavity? Does it have any bearing on the next episode, do you think? Because they I don't surely they so. have to return it and fix it. Maybe, maybe in Shooty Gatwa era, but I, I feel like next episode there is so much going to happen in it. So we start with um, Isaac Newton and that little bit. Um, yeah. And then we get to this spaceship. Um, the the doctor tries to fix the TARDIS because it crash lands and is spewing fire. Um, but yeah. in the process, he loses the TARDIS, um, which I can't remember. He uses a, that a happens term. In every episode. It's the HADS. It's the hostile action displacement uh, system service. Yeah, they they mm. it's in loads of episodes. Cool. So that happens because uh, it detects something hostile, um, but it also has the sonic screwdriver in the door so it yeah, leaves so the doctor and donna stranded in a ship without the tardis without the sonic screwdriver so it's really back to basics they don't have any mm. MacGuffins. the the thing is so i'm i am well up for getting rid of the sonic screwdriver or just barely using it because i think it's it really especially like matt smith and jody whittaker massively overused it and it, it does just got them out of you want. yeah it's and, it's boring but the fact they got rid of it uh, I, I thought it was going to get interesting, and then you still have the doctor like typing like mad on computers and doing anything he wants. So he's still mm. like massively overpowered and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't really yeah, change anything. I'd rather he it doesn't have the Sonic, so he has to like MacGyver together things like that would be mm. pretty cool. But we didn't really. It, get that. Um, it reminds me a lot of I really like the Batman animated series era of Batman because it's that like period where you can set a character like Batman where he doesn't have like AI. He doesn't have a computer. Yeah. He has to be a detective and he has very minimal yeah. gadgets and like he might have a, a tracking device, but he still has like grappling, grappling hooks and has yeah. to drive everywhere and doesn't have a rocket to get him somewhere instantly or any of that rubbish because you need to strip it back to I let the character so. shine. They need to come up with, with tangible explanations and discoveries on their own I, that aren't I think... like... I could solve this with a sonar that can see through walls to see where the I, Joker is. I hate it when the Doctor is like, like massively superhumanly clever and good at doing anything. I find it so like, uninteresting. Th- like Sherlock, and he, even like Sherlock. so, something they do a lot in Doctor Who, like in in the modern series, is like the Doctor will step out the TARDIS and will just like lick their finger, put it to the air, and be like, "Oh, we're in um, Devon in fifteen eighty two and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's meant to be like they're just really clever at deducing it. And that is so boring. Like, if you tell us how they work everything out, that's interesting. But they they do a lot of of shit like that. And like, yeah, they'll just oh, there's a computer there. Oh, they can do anything because they know how to do right. anything with a computer. Yeah. Like, I I I, I want the writers to be clever enough to tell. Like, if they tell us like, oh, he did this and this and this, you won't understand it. But trust us, there is some. A really clever human could do that. Some logic so it's pos- behind it. So yeah. it is possible, and he's really good at it. But th- yeah, it's just 
Non- I didn't like it in the last episode either when he's just flicking all the switches in the spaceship to make it like crash. Yeah. I, it's like, well, I, I could do that. He... If you're just pulling all yeah. the things out. How he uses the Sonic to make like a shield. Oh, I hate that too. shield to... Yeah. And, and he, he had like a massive like hologram thing as well of what the rocket looked like. Don't yeah. like that either. It really is uh, back to basics in this episode. So they bugger off and it leaves Doctor and Donna to investigate what is happening. So they need to find out where they are um, what the ship is and what this hostile force is. So they walk down this long corridor and see a robot um, that when accompanied by a single phrase and a reconfiguration from the ship, the robot takes a step. So that's our first indication of this this almost mystery-like episode. Mm. I still never understood why it all like rotated round, apart from to get them to climb on it and then fall into different locations and get split up. Yes, yeah. Like, I, I never, they, I never don't knew why they. I think they explained that it's it's reconfiguring itself into self-destruct mode. That's okay, but why are all the tiles spinning round? Like just because, weird. just because. Um, so Doctor and Donna walk down this long, uh, shifting spaceship to the cockpit um, and this sequence is where we first get an indication of who our monster of the week is what happens up until then i was like this is going way too slow for me you need to pick up the pace <laughs> and then they did yeah and then they're in two different scenes and are, and you're thinking like are these like consecutive but they're intercutting them to make it a bit more interesting and then yes. you realize there's two doctors there's two doctors two donors and they're having conversation with each other one yeah. of them isn't real cool that was good. And then the reveal of, like, my arms are too long. That felt like another iconic sort of Ross Davis. Or actually, Stephen Moffat did Hate You Turned Out the Lights. But stuff like that. Or the mm. Are You My Mummy? Also Stephen Moffat, yes. actually. For those sorts of, like, Doctor Who lines that become put on a T-shirt and all that people quote all the time. Did you see the behind the scenes of that? Yeah, the yeah. big prosthetic arms. So yeah. good. I, I love that. it. I yeah. love it. And they've got, like, contortionists playing him. Yeah. Brilliant. That's what I love to see. I don't. I'm not blown away by huge CGI. I spaceship CGI in this episode every thirty seconds. Yeah, this CGI in this episode is some of the worst I've ever seen in Doctor Who. I think because they were so ambitious, they were like almost more ambitious yeah. than they've ever been. Yeah. That I, they just don't have the budget. I know they still got the, they've got more Disney money, and now it's it's mm. just still not enough. I was speaking to um uh, one of my good friends who is uh, a Whovian, perhaps on the same level as you, Matt. Okay. Um, and and I was speaking to them, um, and something interesting they said was that his writing style is not complemented by a higher budget. No, it's not. No, I think what Rust, uh, what I love about his first era is how it's like um, a kitchen sink drama mixed with like sci-fi yes. and th- that balance. Like I watched Christmas Invasion this morning, great episode, and his I think his best ones are when is the Earth getting invaded and showing the families of the companions how they're normal mm. people how the mixture of like humanity you know and seeing the stars and stuff rusty davis is good at human stuff and yeah. so yeah this isn't Grounding really add in the heart to this to unfamiliar sci-fi yeah. places and he wrote midnight which is very good in gridlock but yeah I, this isn't normally the sort of thing he'd write and it's not mm. it definitely isn't his strength so we get introduced to our, our monsters this week um who start off as bizarro versions of the doctor and madonna mm. And the Donna. The Donna. Um, and that leads into a chase uh, in which we discover that they are shapeless, massless, formless beings mm. um, from 
past the edge of the universe that are learning to copy the Doctor and Donna 100%. Uh, and they're in the process of trying to figure out these this shape and form and mm. memories and thought. I mean, the whole episode is basically a mystery. I don't think it was a very well-written mystery, though. I think a lot of it was just, you couldn't work it out, and the Doctor just, just worked out threads, through bullshit, and then he told you. Yeah, yeah, like the countdown. We never like worked out the countdown through clues, really. Mm. It was more the Doctor was just like, oh yeah, these are what these words mean. I just worked yeah. out. And it's like, okay, but... I don't know. It, it 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 was very strange to me. Like the very the conclusion of the whole thing also was, uh, as jumping ahead a bit, but it's just the doctor just just knows, and it that doesn't yeah. that's not that's not interesting <laughs> to me. It's, you know, like um, he gets the wrong Donna, and then he's like, uh, oh no, your arm is like a fraction of a millimeter too sh- too long. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I knew it wasn't, there. and it's like, well, that's shit. That's not interesting yeah. at all. Because we can't tell as the audience, and also, I so I thought when he took the wrong Donna, I thought like, oh, it was it's a clever plan. He needed her on the TARDIS for some reason, uh, and then he had something, and it was set up, and I wasn't paying attention. But no, he just made a <laughs> stupid mistake, and then he undid it straight away. Just, literally just to have some stakes, so we think Donna might die. So so we figure out that um, that their plans, the monsters' plans, are to copy Donna and Doctor completely to trick the TARDIS into thinking that there's no longer any threat mm. uh, to then hijack the TARDIS. They work on Freddy Krueger logic in that they need to frighten our characters to make them think faster in order to copy them faster um, and copy them 100%, um, which is how we find out that the captain of the ship completed suicide. Mm. Um, they killed themselves so they couldn't be copied and so the outer space well they like edge of space shape-shifting things yeah couldn't not figure things, out they call them the, the what sorry the not things i think they call the them. not things yeah so they couldn't figure out what the captain had done and so it's revealed that the captain had set a self-destruct timer for the ship to kill the not things but done it extremely slowly so they were unable to work out what was happening yeah i didn't get why it was extremely slow I don't know. I again, I may be completely wrong. This is how I interpreted it: was that because they process everything so quickly that they're they're changing and reading mm. thoughts and all that jazz. Oh, that they just because, don't, even pick, don't even really yeah. re- register it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought, like you know, there was the mystery of the airlock. Um, mm. Airlock opened three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the doctor, do- doctor and Don like assume that's how like the not things got on board. But mm. I've like personally just assumed that's how the crew got off. And so it was like meant to be a twist. They're like, oh no, that's how the that's not how they got on. That's how the crew they um, the mm. pilot left. And so well, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I, d- I think that's the, the I mean the whole episode in general is people are saying it's really brilliant, and it, it's like yeah, it's all right. But I, I think it's been done a, a lot better in a lot of other episodes. And I I, I really. And the, mm. the whole thing lives and dies by the mystery of it, really. I mean, it's a mystery and a horror. And I think the mystery doesn't Amora. really work. Amora. And a the horror <laughs> doesn't... The horror might work for kids, but it didn't work for me. Yeah. I think I it think should have been... the issue is, as, as um, uh, Whovians, mm. such as yourself, I think it's different because you have such... Uh, almost uh, an encyclopedic... Well, I immediately just think, like, well, here's... 
another episode. Yeah, another so you've got just like so this. you've got such a wide library of things yeah. that you're you're pulling from. But as as a filthy casual, um, I just feel like you we have been done as an audience so dirty for so long that it's nice just to have a a story. Well, I do agree with that. We have our yeah. characters interacting. It's a fun little romp. It I, yeah. doesn't make me sad. No, that's true. I know I shouldn't complain too much because it's the best Doctor Who's been in five years. Maybe you should check out that clickbait thumbnail we have that says that. Our conclusion. What was the conclusion? I know we briefly touched on it. Oh, so the, um, the robot reaches the button. Oh, it starts so, to starts self destruct. They're running away from it. The Doctor grabs it, the wrong. It turns Donna. into a Michael Bay film. Yeah, it turns into Terminator Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're in like a um like a, a forklift, but it didn't have a fork on it. Yeah, just and a they're lift. like running and getting big. Yeah, just a lift. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, the CGI was the worst ever. The green screening was just atrociously bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I I don't know why I, they needed I that was... big corridor set. They could have just done it in like no. a small like spaceship. What I thought was was interesting um, were the number of sets that were just used for a scene. I was like, yeah. wow, they they do have Disney money. I mean, you can always tell that in Doctor Who when they use the same sets. Like, the Temple of Peace in Cardiff is in it about every year. Like, um, <laughs> it's Platform 1 in, like, a Space Station at the End of the World. It was um, it's in Let- Let's Kill Hitler. It's in uh, Cold Blood. It's in... Uh, it's in loads of them. It's in, it's in like, Sarah Jane Adventures. It's, it's in everything. Mm. Like, loads of times. And... Um, they they just reuse sets all the time. And like in series nine, yeah. I remember there's like a corridor like which they use in two different episodes. I think Sleep No More and Under the Lake. Your your knowledge of Doctor Who is like my knowledge of football players. Oh yeah, it's just it's just infinite. That's infinite, amazing. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? Oh, don't get me started. Um, so yeah, the episode ends um, with a nice little bow. Are uh, are not things get blown up? The TARDIS returns, uh, and after a, a short little mix-up between the two Donners, uh, the Doctor and Donna escape, and they return they, to Earth. Well, they do have a little bit of um, a conversation in the TARDIS. Uh, it, I think it kind of alludes to maybe the not things will return, because the Doctor says about how he didn't think that was a good idea with the salt, um, adding like a superstition at the end of the universe, and... Mm. I mean, it might go nowhere, but I think it's sort of set open for if they do want to bring them back. Because I know, like, um, Rusty Davis is big into sort of set, uh, like, bring it, setting up a villain, and then like next series eight, he'll he'll reuse his own monsters again. Mm. Um, and I think they're all. That'd I think you cool. probably could do it. You could do another one with them. Uh, you could do I, like I, a, a Doctor. I don't Who's think much was ever explained. Episode. Yeah, I mean that's kind of That'd what be this really was. Cool. But then they go to Earth, and that's fun. I like that. They go that. to Earth, and we bump into into Milf again. Oh, um, what a guy! What a guy! And we find that something is happening, that like the world is going. I like crazy. that. See, that's what Rusty Davis is good at, like world invasions and showing like on a human like level, um, what it's like the Earth being invaded, like regular people mm. reacting to it. He always does like news reports, like, and so seeing it back, and the people of London are reacting to something. Great, that's where did he, he do the the ghost episode? The ghost, yes, the Cybermen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so this leads into I've only seen I haven't seen any of the trailers for this. I've seen the poster of uh, Barney. He is yeah. This is a, canonically Stinson. a crossover with 
Howl Met Your Mother. So Barney is coming in and he's giving uh, pickup lessons to the Doctor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for 60 minutes and then he regenerates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he realizes he can't learned. pull it, he can't pull anyone. So he's like, "Well, I'm going to turn into Shooty Gatwa. I need to be a younger, better-looking man. Take so the bro code and go and pull throughout the universe." Mm. <laughs> he's into the what is it? He's the, the first the one to maker? regenerate after embarrassment. Yes, the toy maker. Um, <laughs> I need to finish watching the Celestial Toy Maker. It's basically the Celestial Toy Maker is an episode from 1965-ish, uh, something like that. Um, oh, I think good year that. Good year. Yeah. Uh, and it's most of it's lost um as you may be aware the bbc were like uh, it was before like re- repeats on tv were a thing or like dvds or vhs so they were like well we're never going to show these ever again so they just wiped the tapes and reused them oh my them. god so loads of 60s doctor who's missing um and sometimes it gets found like people like um recorded it or like have copies of it but loads of them's missing so the first three or four episodes of the Celestial Toy Maker are missing, and there is there's animated reconstructions of some episodes, but not this one. So you can watch like screen grabs with the narration over and some text saying what's happening, and that's it. Great. So that's of all brilliant. the like past villains to return, it's strange how it's one from the is from like barely an episode. Hmm. Um, and so I, I watched the first part, and it wasn't very good, and I will try and watch the rest before, but I don't think it's going to have any relation to it whatsoever. To be completely honest, I doubt it. I, really I think it's just it. the name's the same, and he's a fella who likes playing tricks on people. Oh, I that's like Bill. you. That, that's yeah. how I would describe you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I think he's ba- he basically seems like the Joker, but Doctor Who. Do you think he'll say the line? Yeah, I'm the toy maker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. I actually can't wait now. Roll on Saturday. I really enjoyed the episode. I'm what did you think it about it? Yeah. The last one. That, um, that's weird. That's what everyone's saying. And I yeah. personally preferred the first one. I thought the dialogue yeah. was heavy handed in the first one. But I thought for the most part, it was a pretty fun mm. episode. And I got more out of seeing the characters again. Like it felt like I was seeing Donna again. And it felt like I was seeing. Mm. And I love seeing like her family. See, uh, And this felt a bit more like. It just felt like a like a big finish, like audio they were doing. Yeah. But if yeah. we were using letterbox rankings for this, what would you give? Yeah, it? well, so on letterbox, I think I gave it about two stars because I, oh, it I is on the top when box. I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh. When I the special Doctor Who specials are and classic Doctor mm. Who are, um, when because when I first watched it, I wanted a big 60th anniversary special and I didn't okay. get that. I okay. got a Monster of the Week mid series episode, <laughs> and so I was frustrated. It's literally mid series. It is okay, but mid proper <laughs> series, not three episodes. So I, I was really let down by it. But on reflection, I think it should have been a lot scarier. I think the cinematography really wasn't it. I think the direction also. Yeah. I think it, it should have yeah. just been honestly. If you're doing a horror thing, like I know it's like the easiest thing to do, but if you make it darker, like it is scarier. Yeah. If they just had like a lot of shadows, and if you saw the Doctor being all contortionist and creepy, and like the limbs being wrong in shadows, like barely seeing it, that would have been really scary. But seeing in in like bright lights, like the worst CGI you've ever seen, it doesn't it, it doesn't work. A hundred percent. So I, I think if they yeah. if they shot it as a horror, and I don't, I got the impression the director has never done a horror ever before. Yeah, there's a just, reason it, why the thing isn't set like that. Yeah, on like, a really bright like white that. spaceship. It isn't presented like that. Yeah. Although yeah, it, I, it is set in the 
in the snow, which is it bright is. white. It is, but it's at night. But you go out there the when part. it's dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, if they'd shot it as a horror, it would have worked. And now, admittedly, I'm not a child. Like, so true, no, Doctor, true. no Doctor Who scares me. Uh, but as a kid, Talons of Wing Chiang, bringing up again. Great episode. Very racist, but it's a great episode. Mr. Sin scared the shit out of me. And um, the Weeping Angels, <laughs> terrifying also. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And the oh, silence God. are quite scary in Day of the Moon. Yeah. So, like, maybe this would be scary for children. But for me, I think they could have done more. I really don't know why I'd rate it. I, I'll t- I'll, mm. I might watch it again before when yeah. we review the giggle and we'll talk about it. Um, but probably like about, about three-ish. About we can talk about all three next week anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd probably give it about three stars. Three mm. and a half, possibly. We'll see. Yeah, I think in terms of in terms of modern Doctor Who, I would give this a very solid three and a half. Yeah. Um, it didn't make me sad. Uh, it didn't. Which is it, more than I can say about the majority of episodes I've seen past David Tennant. Great. Oh, well, I think we're pretty much on the same page about this, which is I'm, I'm very surprised about. I thought we were going to be different in the spectrum here. Yeah, I think you're more. I think it's just because I had so many expectations, and I, it was just, it wasn't what I wanted. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Fair enough. Yeah. I think they are all very valid thoughts, very valid points, and I'm. Yes, I know they are because I'm it, clever. How, <laughs> how it progresses next week. I hope next yes. week is going to be a more ambitious. Swing I think it will be. At, it seems like there's a lot happening. On. And yes. I can't wait. I think it looks great. It's wow. been the one I've been looking forward to the most of the three since the trailer. So you said oh that that this Saturday coming up is the day you're most excited for, even more so than your wedding and the, the birth of your first child. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's not but controversial. Not, not as much as your divorce. It's it's the that, Doctor that... Who How I Met Your Mother crossover. <laughs> I've been waiting for this my How whole life. How I Met the Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very excited. Well, thank you very much. Do you want to do? Do you want? Can you do the UBU for the outro, and I'll do the bum ba dum ba dum. Okay. Should we give that a go? Let's give it Should a we go. See if it works the second time. It didn't work the first time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do you want me to count in, or do you want me to go for it? No, what just go like for it. A... Just yeah? go for it. Right. No, it's fine because my UBU comes in after you anyway. True. True. Bum ba dum 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 ba